Welcome back to Two Jack Bros, and if it is your first time, welcome to you as well, and thank you for giving us a shot. I am Sydney. I am sitting next to the world champion, Ansley. Hello. And today, our guest is none other than the Jamie Pappas. Wow. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry I'm not a world champ. Maybe someday. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you for having me. If, if you don't mind me asking, what would you be a world champion? Hmm. Honestly, probably just existing. Like, I'm pretty good at just being a person. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Look out for Jamie in the World Existing Championships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beat that. Yeah. <laughs> the World X Games. Yes. Like, I don't know if I have, like, a singular talent that I could claim top of, but, like, I'm just a pretty good overall hang. Okay. <laughs> fun. I'm fun yeah. to kick it with. Yeah. World yeah. champ. World champ. World champ. <laughs> you want to, like, sit on the couch and drink? <laughs> World champ. <laughs> yeah. So we're very happy to have you, Jamie. And you have a, a show really quick. We'll just, like, plug that really quickly. What is your show? Yeah. Shailen Forshi and I run This Should Be Good Comedy. Um, we have shows we produce through Helium at uh, different venues throughout the city. Um, we got one coming up October 12th. I'm not sure when this will air, but... October 12th. It's Hopefully soon enough. before October 12th. If, every, if I get my shit together. Yeah, let's get your shit together. If not, we'll probably yeah. have another date. So just follow This Should Be Good Comedy on Instagram. Way to sell it, Jamie. Yeah. Hell See, she's yeah. killing it. She yeah. is killing World it. champion. World, World champion. champion. <laughs> just hanging, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jamie, uh, do you know how this podcast works? I listen to a few. I'm okay. fearful. All right. <laughs> cool. That's a good sign. Uh, so the way that it works, if it's your first time, Uh, Basically, we're trying to prove that you can have a sense of humor and still reach enlightenment or a higher consciousness, if you will. So what we do is we take our guest, who today is you, Jamie, Mm -hmm. through the process of enlightenment so that our listeners and Ansley and myself can laugh our ways to a higher consciousness without doing all the work that you're about to do. Wow, I love it. Yeah? I was nailing it until I pluralized way at the end. Mm. That was unnecessary, but we're moving on. I already wanted to clear up why I was fearful. Yeah. Um, it's because I'm an easy cry. <laughs> I cry very easily, and yes. people don't know that side of me. Okay. So I already was mentally prepping about a cry. All right. <laughs> and it going viral for you nice. guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I'll so be yeah. really disappointed if we don't I get know. a cry. How disappointed like, would that be? It's a lot of yeah. pressure. Yeah. It is a lot of pressure, but I think we can make her cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New goals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we typically don't go for that on this podcast, but today we will. Yeah. <laughs> today we will. Uh, so everybody gets the same questions. Ansley. Let's get started. Yes. Jamie, what situation or event did you learn the most information from? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit pre-recording, but I was a nanny for about 10 years, and I will always say that that was the hardest job and the most I've ever learned from. And I've had a pretty, I'll say, turbulent life uh, that I've learned a lot from, but that by far is something I always go to for like life lessons and things I've learned about. Were you in other people's house, nanny? Oh, I never lived with another family, but I've okay. traveled with families. Hmm. How many was it? Mul- how many different families? Yeah, the first with? family, uh, three families that three I was families. like very serious with. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. What ages did you go to and from? Yeah. So the first family, I met them when they had twins that were 18 months old. And I was with them on and off till the set of twins was about eight. Mm hmm. Um, you know, then it became, they had a third kid and then it was like date nights every now and then I still friendly with the family, but you know, is that what nannies say when they still work with a family? 
friendly? They call it friendly. No, no, no. I, I actually <laughs> I like that was an industry term. We had yeah, yeah, we're friends. <laughs> I'm a good hang boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I like they have a I see them in the summertime and like they, we're just close. Like cuz once you see that much of someone's family like yeah, you're in it with them. I was going to say like you feel like you have a special bond with those kids that like Yeah, and like, I haven't to be honest cuz of covid and things like I haven't seen them in a while. Like I've seen I've run into the mom like just by chance. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I, it's a very unique situation to be in, even if you take care of a kid two or three times a week. Yeah. And it's, it's also unique because depending on how young the kids are, they don't remember that. Like, they have core memories. Like, they'll see you and, like, know that you're part of their life somehow. But yeah. they don't remember you, like, wiping their butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though I did it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hit a kid? Uh, no. Okay. I like to like accidentally <laughs> like I had a kid like I'll never forget this one of the first days I was like with a new family like, the kid tripped and like fell into my knee and I felt <laughs> so bad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you didn't give any like little uh, like <laughs> as he was coming into the knee you didn't give no I truly was like it was just one of those falls and I'm like a big like let kids try things out kind of person and he was like testing out some bounce and it was just a trip (laughs) but I'll never forget it obviously like you just feel like ah could have done something but what one of those let this kid face plan into my knee yeah yeah let him learn a lesson (laughs) about face planning (laughs) okay yeah so what was what was the most difficult thing about the job Honestly, twofold, like in terms of a job, it's having to adhere to someone else's rules, even though you're the one that's solely in charge during the day and the people are away. Mm -hmm. So even if I maybe would have parented differently, I'm adhering to someone else's rules no matter what. Even though they say I'm in charge, I like to keep it consistent with the parents. So if parents would let them do something, a lot of times I would say, nope, like babysitter Jamie's here. That's that's my role. But adhering to that. But then can you rephrase the question one more time? Because I'm babbling already. Yeah, what was the question? <laughs> and what was the hardest thing about yeah. the job? Yeah, yeah, so that, oh, right, because I was splitting it in two. So, like, as a job, that's the hardest. And then, I guess personally, it's just being in people's home and in intimate settings. Like, I've gone to, like, family weddings with these people that need a, like, babysitter. I've seen ups, downs, like, birth, deaths, like, family parties. Like, you're just them fighting while you're just, like, washing a dish in the <laughs> corner. Like, you yeah. just see so much Yeah. Uh, that that's really difficult because you're not in it but you're in it and then you can't give too much opinion and be like but they'll ask you for your opinion so you you're right on like you're towing a line the whole time being a bitch (laughs) oh oh i've been in those and i always just put a hand up i say i'm team wife and i'm out (laughs) no matter what it is yeah (laughs) okay so if you had to just based off the observation that you had from the nanny and experience what would you say from observation not necessarily from your life but Mm. from what you observed what would you say makes a good relationship? What would you say makes a good parent? Uh, or, or if you have to contextualize that a little differently, what would make an ideal relationship and what would make an ideal parent? Okay, relationship as the couple raising mm-hmm. the kid. Ideally, um, just clarity and honesty. I, I know that's pretty standard, but I see there's just miscommunication always like of what people meant. And in terms of rules and everything. And a lot of times people feel like there's a good cop, bad cop parent situation, but people don't disclose that first, like what the expectations are of the partner. So I think clear expectations that can really <laughs> resolve anything. Like, yeah. cause a lot of times you get mad at someone and you know, people often use like the dishes, like, Oh, my partner doesn't do the dishes or whatever. But it's like, did you guys establish that early on that that's something that bothers you? And if the dishes bother you and don't bother that person, was that ever established? So I see that a lot yeah. in relationships where it's like, 
he or she's not doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what did you, like, did you ever talk about that? Like, was that learned? Has that grown and developed? Because having kids, as soon as you have kids, you're with a different partner. Like mm -hmm. people change completely entirely and things you would never be able to expect. So I think yeah. that clarity and expectations for a relationship. I think we have a very fluid way that we decide which one is the bad cop in a <laughs> disciplined situation. Yeah. I feel like whoever... You rock, paper, scissor. <laughs> whichever parent makes the kids go, what the fuck is yeah. wrong with that? Yeah. You, you get to stay yeah, bad cop. You, stay, yeah, yeah. you got that. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's yeah. Yeah. We, our, 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 we always have to make sure that one... Oh, we only have one bad cop. Though. Right. Because yeah, yeah, whenever yeah, you yeah. get two bad cops, we're like, whoa, we got to yeah. stop. Right. And it has to be clear. <laughs> yeah. You know, while she bad cop and I also had some bad cop shit I wanted to get on my yeah. <laughs> yeah. and another thing yeah yeah, yeah. And then everybody in the house is just screaming yeah yeah we just need some clarity or it's just things like bother you, you can, like things you can't let anything build up especially if there's kids yeah you have yeah. to be like hey this sucked this is why it sucked like we gotta figure that out yeah now do you feel like the experience of you being a nanny and observing not just uh, not just a relationship, but like you said, this growing relationship and mm. family coming together. Does that make you better in your relationship? Um, as in, I've been single for eight years. Yeah. Oh, you're single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as in, I okay. don't trust and won't have a partner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it definitely, uh, it definitely uh, opened me up to a lot of things. And like, when I first, it's just impossible. <laughs> uh, I will. I truly, I watch things and like I've seen wonderful relationships yeah but when you see it inside out and you're just there and in their house and you're just listening to it and i'm like oh my god uh, i actually had a serious boyfriend when i started with the first family mm -hmm. and a couple times like they would go away like they would leave me with all three kids or the twins when they were really young and i had my boyfriend would come like babysit with me sometimes which is something i would never ever do because i'm like very professional but sometimes when i was home alone with two babies in the city it was just like easier to have him there like emergency yeah. times um and there were just times where I was like, this is the closest partner I could have seen to having a life together. And I just with the kids for a few days and I was like, I don't know, like this would be very hard. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But so it's also somebody else's, like I think. Like, somebody else's kids, that, totally. Yeah. Coming into like a situation with somebody else's kids, I imagine like might be harder, uh, very different yeah. for a man. Totally, to totally. Embrace. And he, yeah, but there are just things where I'd be like, do that. And he, he was great with the kids. Like I'm not yeah. even knocking him, shout out, not going to say his name, but he did great. He yeah. really did. But it really just made me think about so many other layers to it. Yeah. And I just, from that point on, haven't date like, I date, but I haven't ever dated someone I could see, like, partner-worthy yet. Yeah. And you're and when you look at partner-worthy, you're looking at it through the lens of what a relationship could be from your experience from nanny and stuff. You're like... Yeah. So, I, I, I think, think of it... Because, like, here's what I'm saying. I think you might have a... It, it's possible your, your look might be too deep. I've seen too much, is yeah. what I always tell people. Because yeah. people ask me, like, do you want to have kids? And I'm like, I... I can't even answer that question because I, I don't know. Like most people have kids without having yeah. seen it and yeah. been in it. And that's why most people have kids because they don't know what's about to come. You could read as many books and be around as many kids as possible. But I, you know, unless you've been left alone with three kids for five days, like, yeah, no, you have no idea what's coming. Okay. So, uh, so being a nanny was the situation that you learned most experience from. So how would you yeah. distill in like a sentence what it is that you learned from that? Uh, this is something I tell everyone, but uh, everything in life is a gray area. Like not black and white with parenting, anything. I think 
my I'll just speak for myself my I feel like I grew up like thinking things were so black and white relationships everything uh like right wrong black white and truly everything confuse you <laughs> yeah well the gray area are your kids yeah, yeah. especially your son yeah <laughs> the son is quite a gray area <laughs> but everything like every decision nothing's 100% good nothing's 100% bad everything's going to impact it you know, I think that's what I learned with the impacting of a kid like I would go home so worried some days I'd be yeah. oh man I was a little harsh on that punishment or something and like really thinking about it I was like no that kid understands the structure they haven't thought about that conversation since it happened like everything is going to impact someone differently and not the same way I'm perceiving it because everything is gray area. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Cool. All right. Now, Jamie, so from here on out, we're going to be opening up your chakras. Bring the it on. The first chakra is the root chakra located in the butthole. Are mm-hmm. you okay with that? On camera? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that was consent. Ace, take it away. All right. So, Jamie, how did you learn to overcome fear? Yeah. So... I am one of those people that like I'm anxious and like small things scare me, but big things really. Ah, I feel like I handled scared yourself. (laughs) We're back after a technical difficulty. Thank you for being patient, everybody. You're welcome. Now, Jamie, uh, you were explaining how you overcame fear and you were saying that little things scare you and then I was very immature. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah but i didn't jump that bad but we can play the we'll tape back yeah uh yeah so i am one of those people like things haven't like big things that scare like typical things like don't ever really scare me like typical fears like public speaking like things like that have never really scared me but small things like like i called shaylin and asked about the parking situation here because so i was like things <laughs> like but that goes to how i overcome anything i'm scared of is just preparation so it's a little much like the anxiety and making sure i have an idea of what's going on definitely like resolves a lot of any of that fear um so just kind of the being a understanding what's happening a lot of fear of the unknown i guess then is my biggest fear (laughs) a lot of googling (laughs) a lot of google maps (laughs) what are your like so he like i forget what we were doing but like i had maybe a job interview or something and he was like well why don't you go there the day before so you can like, you know, see, yeah, where yeah. see the entrance and, see where it yeah. is and like not have to deal with that. And I was like, I had never done anything like that in mm. my life. I was like, this is genius. Are there other like um, hacks that you you do to for that preparation? Yeah, I, I know I listening to Romy's episode. She talked about this a little and my mom's a therapist. So my mom, whenever I'm like anxious or scared of something, she's always like, did you write it down? What's worst case scenario? Yeah. Like whenever I think of something and a lot of people's anxiety is like thinking worst case scenario. But for me, I'm like, okay, what literally is the worst thing that can happen? And I often find myself, I'm a little jaded when people will be like, oh, I'm so scared of this. And I'm like, literally what could happen? Like, yeah. did like say what, what are you worried about? If it's like something at work or something, I'm like, yeah, what's the biggest problem? And then think about it that way. And you're like, it kind of closes that gap of the unknown. Yeah. Okay. Can you think of a time in your life when you were the most scared? And this could be any time in your life from childhood till now. Yeah. Uh, actually, just about two weeks ago, I had three family members in the hospital on the same day. It was a wild ride. I had a text from my mom that said, something's wrong. I have to go be with your sister. Don't ask me any questions. So that was a cool text to yeah. get well, in the middle of a work <laughs> meeting. I would have called her the next day because luckily we're on the men. We're all good right now. Yeah. But I was like, hey, I want you to read that text back <laughs> that you sent to your middle child 
who swats about parking lots yeah. <laughs> and just let me know how you feel about that text. Yeah. Which, and I was like, I know you weren't in your right. You weren't thinking at all, obviously. And I didn't take it to heart, but I read that text and I was like, this is what I've prepped for. Something has gone yeah. off wrong. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I am one of those people that like, I have a fire ladder in my apartment. Like I was a little kid, like scared of house fires. Like I learned about house fires, but I did the preparation. So I have a ladder and I have like, a waterproof fireproof safe in my house for like photos yeah and i'm like okay now i'm not so scared of that because the thing that i was scared about if you asked me like if i was little instead <laughs> i was scared of fires this is actually so messed up i like your kids are young so there was fire safety when we were little but it was always stop drop the most heinous things like stop drop and roll and like basically jump out a window like not helpful things yeah. um but i watched something and they were like put your things in a pillowcase like everything you would want in your room in a pillowcase and i had a reoccurring dream about a fire when i was little like that was a big fear so my stepdad one day was like this is crazy like the house is not gonna like you can't be this anxious and he like went to thinking like my game boy and stuff would be in there but it was a picture of my grandmother who had just passed away my dad who's dead and a stuffed animal i got when i was like a baby Aww. and he just put it back in the bill case and we never <laughs> talked about it again <laughs> why is this girl so afraid of yeah, loss like, yeah. <laughs> yeah he just pulls up pillowcase of death okay all right huh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about a fire ladder? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like bought one myself and I was yeah. like, wow, I'm really living. <laughs> nice. So do you uh just out of curiosity, do you also have a fire blanket? No. Okay. Just a just a ladder. Just right out the window. <laughs> well now I know what I'm ordering tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, so again, so uh like the time that you remember that you were most scared was just over the idea of fire i think the fire but then the also just my family all being sick at the same time oh, was gotcha, really scary gotcha, gotcha. The, again it was a combination fear of the unknown but having to be there like and me not knowing how to help also is like yeah. a, a really scary situation to be in where you're like just show up but be there and be in fear yeah, yeah. <laughs> now were you an over prepper at that time or did that help kind of like push you into the you know it's funny i am always an over prepper and um my sister was pregnant, so this is part of what was happening. Everything, baby's here. Shout out Sophia. Um, but my mom had been telling me, like, pack a bag. Like, she just had, like, this weird feeling. And I, I called Shaylin because I was like, of all times, I'm not prepared and didn't pack a suitcase ahead of time was the day I got that text. And I was like, <laughs> I packed, like, I think I put my prom dress in that suitcase. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I've gotten a little bit better because there is a fine line of it being neurotic. So I'm trying to... You don't under think you've crossed that line? No, I have. That's okay. why I'm trying to pull back and yeah. the preparedness of like being prepared and just wanting some understanding. A lot of times like I'm the planner, my friends, and they think I'm a little like too, too crazy about it. We call it like chill Jamie coming out when we just hang. But I just like an idea of what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need minute by minute. Just like what? What's what's the hang? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I get a vibe check? Please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one two, one two. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll consider that our fear chakra unlocked. Yes. And to keep it moving. Uh, so, Jamie, this segment uh, we like to call "My Bad." It's mm -hmm. an opportunity for you to apologize to a person, place, or thing in order to set your karma back to neutral. We just got done doing Jamie's Patreon episode. And Amazing. Boy, yes. It got. Amazing. She leaned in. For yes. the darkness. I got it crazy. <laughs> so you had a good time? I had a blast. Yeah, what yeah. else would I have been doing today? 
I don't know. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen. I'll your check planner. my planner. Yeah, <laughs> so it's an inside joke for the Patreon. You'll see. One dollar gets you all of our exclusive content, which not only includes the counter to this podcast, which we call Two Jack Rose After Dark, where we enlighten our guest's shadow self, but also our fight commentary and analysis that we do on Anthony's jujitsu matches. So now yeah, saying, <laughs> you got it out. Yeah, I did get it out. I, was, I couldn't breathe. Impressive. I was like, that was all one breath. Yes. I feel like I should have paid a dollar to watch that happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like happened a, before. Yeah. That's what these dollars are, right? <laughs> so, uh, we're going to get back to this episode now, and you're going to find out who or what Jamie has to apologize to. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm apologizing to someone. Got it. Probably the obvious, my mom. I think about things like my mom raised my sister and I by herself to her in third grade. Till I was in third grade, she married my stepdad at that point. I just think about things I said or did when she was just trying to be helpful or just obviously I have so much more perspective gained as we all do growing up. And I think about things. And now when I look at like what age my mom was when certain things happened, I just have said some things like mouthed off real quick. Even today I sent her a text and I was like, ah, wish I could unsend that one. And just small things where I'm like, God, this woman's been through hell and back. And sometimes I just still fire off comments at her. So that's, does that count? Mom, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, can you, can you remember, I mean, not necessarily the more recent ones, but can you remember some of the things that you said in your youth? Especially third, I mean, third grade is pretty young. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I've always been like, I will say like a softy, like I've always been like a sweet kid, but I always had a snark to me. I mean, one thing that I will always want to apologize for, I was very little when this happened. I must've been five or six when this happened. My mom, someone stole her purse out of her car in our driveway. So the cops came and we're like filing a police report and we're like looking and, and being very condescending to her. Like, did you look here? Did you, instead of just, she lost her, like we knew exactly what happened. So I thought it was funny because even then doing bits, I was like in the laundry room by myself, basically hiding. And I said, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, the I didn't. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah at the, they all ran in the room. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know how bad it was. But so I said, my, my dad passed away before my mom knew she was pregnant with me. And in that purse, she had earrings he had given her Aww. and like something else of his. Yeah. So I didn't know that. Obviously, I was yeah. five. So when she ran in thinking the purse was there. Oh, no. So now I know that I was a little asshole. <laughs> so just things like that. I was always giving her a hard time because yeah. you don't know the magnitude of anything as a kid. And not that I would apologize for that. I'm sure it brings her laughs now because they did actually find her purse, like what? cash and stuff stolen. Someone just like threw it behind yeah. a supermarket. But the stuff that she wanted out of it was wow. in the bag. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, it yeah. is pretty impressive. Yeah, so certain things like that. Uh, <laughs> just like you just look back on it and like, I gave her a hard time in middle school. Like I was always just like pretending to be emo and things. And I was tough. Pretend to be emo. You were being emo. You can't pretend to be emo. Well, you know, I, I mean, in the sense of like culture, like I got swoopy bangs and like definitely bought t-shirts of bands. I knew one song of, okay. but so for you're sure you're an emo poser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Because right. I also was like trying to fit in like, I was pretty much the blackest person at my high school and I'm half Puerto Rican. Okay. So I went to a very white school. So everything my family did was like very different. So for sure posing. I wanted to be white very bad. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I named all my dolls like Katie or Elizabeth when I was little. <laughs> I just want... Is your mom My Puerto mom's Puerto Rican, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. How'd she feel about you wanting to be white so badly? 
I mean, she went through it too because she basically went to a school where it was like black kids, white kids, and they like she got beat up for not being either of enough, like enough of either. Oh, so she also wanted to be white? Uh, well, she won't say that out loud, but <laughs> I've seen pictures of what she did to her hair in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Like, right. just wanted it to be straight and blonde very badly. Which, yeah. like, I don't... You know, now it's, like, we're allowed to embrace any difference. Yeah. But even when I was growing up, when we were growing up, like, learning Spanish would have put you in slow classes. Yeah. 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 I, I'm realizing now that in a segment where you're apologizing to your mom for being a little bit of I'm a, making fun of her. Yeah, I'm asking <laughs> you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did your mom want to be white? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? But, uh, yeah, there's some... But I've learned that perspective of how many things she had to go to because... I don't speak Spanish fluently. Like I could go conversationally speak it. And that's something like, you know, I'm sure I made a comment to her like, why didn't you teach me Spanish? But now that I can look back and know she was a single mom, she would have had two kids being put, held back in classes because if you didn't speak English, they put you in other classes. Now it's like everyone goes to yeah. Spanish immersion schools and the parents don't know a different language. So at that time, she was really worried about us falling behind because she was by herself. Yeah. Like my aunt helped raise us, but she was doing the best she could and the last thing she would want is for us to struggle in school and be like different and yeah because she had a hard time in elementary school like she went home everyone spoke spanish her parents couldn't help her with homework because they didn't speak english so i always look back at things like i probably said that were heartbreaking to her so that's what the apology comes from i definitely like yeah. did things that now i'm like i can see the larger picture of it all i'm like wow what a little <laughs> like i watched a home video i hadn't seen recently and my dad uh was named jim and that, so he passed away. I never met my dad. And my mom, my sister was like away for something. So I had like one-on-one -on -one time with my mom. So she's like filming me and I'm blowing bubbles. And my mom waves at one of our neighbor. And I think his name happened to be Jim. So she's like, hey, how's it going? And I lean over into the camera and I go, is that my dad? <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I just watched that recently. I was like, oh my goodness. And my mom like couldn't even share that with anyone. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I could apologize to her every day of my life yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't be enough. My bad, mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my fault. <laughs> okay. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ace, keep moving. All right. We are at the gut chakra. So, okay. Jamie, how do you move past disappointment in yourself or your loved ones? Yeah. Um, huh, how do I move past it? I, I think it goes back to the last one too. It's just kind of apologizing, moving on, accepting, like not again with the gray area, like not everything's black and white. I can learn from a lot of things. Like if I have a rough go of it one night, I'll definitely be tough on myself for a while. I, I just reference myself as being a pretty sloppy, sad person. Like when I'm sad about something, I'm pretty like just like blubbery for a little. Um, I let it hit hard first. And then I allow myself to like heal quickly instead of being like trying to push it away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I like to ask people in this section, like, was there a time growing up that you maybe did a performance art or a sport where you experienced a disappointment that you still think about sometimes? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm competitive, like personality wise by nature. And I played sports growing up, but I was my sister excels at everything she does. She's great. She works really hard, but also naturally she was just always. So I was always kind of the jokey chubby one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. The good hang, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it all ties together. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, uh, but so like things came to her naturally. So when I played sports and I just wasn't as good or wasn't driving as hard, I was getting really down on myself. Like I, I danced, I played softball, but I often felt 
uh, a pain in my legs and it was chalked up to shin splints like my whole life. And then basically like seventh grade, I went and played field hockey and I played and I played at camp and I loved it. But they ran like three miles every morning as a warm up. I was like, I can't do that. Like my legs like physically hurt, but it was chalked up to just like pain, me being slow, complaining. Like every doctor was just like, just shin splints. Yeah. So I yeah, never. Funny, funny girls complaining about pain again, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And then, so I just, you just listen to your doctors. You just move on. So then in high school, I didn't even, I played softball for school, maybe in ninth grade. And then I just played like our intramural, like fun league. And I was always like mouthy. Like I definitely got in fights and like uh, things like that when I was playing. But I, I know I could have done more. And it was just, I really love sports. So it wasn't until I get into college, we had a family friend over who saw me walk and was like, you're flat footed. Have you ever gotten checked out for that? So I go and uh, over the last eight years, seen a series of doctors found out I have no cartilage in my knees because mm. what they were calling shin splints was my knees have just been wearing down on each other. I basically have all these knee issues that were ignored. So the disappointment is almost every day I wake up and look at like a college athlete and I'm like, what could I have done if anyone listened to me at a younger age? Yeah. Because then I just got down and was told like the first doctor I saw and I went to like the top orthopedic, like I don't want to name, <laughs> name drop hospitals, but I went to three of the best hospitals on the East coast for this. The first guy said, Oh, your ACL is hanging on by a thread. Like anything you do is just like prolonging this and it's going to tear and you have bone spurs. And I was like, okay. But I ignored that because you can't tell an ACL is about to tear without <laughs> checking it out. Yeah. So I like started working out with trainers, but no one could ever like determine the knee pain really. So the second doctor immediately was like, you have arthritis. Like all you can do is physical therapy. And I was like, also not helpful. She's like, you can get like injections every year. And then the third doctor finally just was like, I have this patellofemoral pain syndrome in my knees. And she showed me, she's like, you basically have no cartilage in either of this. Your kneecaps just touch when you do stuff. So all I can do is certain workouts. But I'm like, wow, no one listened to me when I was little. Yeah. My mom still gets, shout out, sorry, mom again. She gets <laughs> really upset about it now because she's like, I wish I'd known more, like been able to push more, but like doctors don't really listen to little girls saying like, my legs hurt when I run. They're like, well, yeah. Well, they don't listen to funny little girls. Yeah. You were too funny for I was too good. charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. My sister is like a pusher. She's also funny, but she's like, would have gotten stuff done. Like, and whenever I've needed her, she's like really pushed through. Um, and I, that's my disappointment. And I still think about that. That one still hurts. Cause I'm like, yeah, well, I wouldn't have been, you know, at UCLA, like <laughs> fast pitch softball, but I wish, cause it made me like very, um, it impacted my confidence. Cause mm -hmm. I just had a bunch of people basically tell me I was fat and slow, Yeah, which I was neither. I literally had an issue going on in my legs that, well, I mean, yeah, could you be fan slow. You were fan yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. Knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the calls of it. There was, there was well, but what's wild is you look it. back and I'll be like, oh, I was fan slow. I look at pictures. I was like, what? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh wow. Okay. Yeah, very disappointing because now at like age 28, I finally got a true diagnosis. I went to physical therapy and like don't have as much knee pain for the first time in my life. I was just like, wow, what I did, wish. What did they do to, what did you it do? It was so, honestly so simple, and that's yeah. what's the most frustrating. Yeah. I almost cried at physical therapy every day because I was so mad at how simple <laughs> the exercise. Work in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I just watched these videos of Meg the Stallion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it was. No, but what, yeah, so what is it exactly? Like? Yeah, I, I mean, just like a lot of resistance band and just basically the muscles, like everything around my knees is all I can strengthen, which sounds so simple. Yeah. But it was just like a lot of like, figuring out what muscles I needed to strengthen and specifically targeting them. And honestly, it was like eight to 12 weeks, my first round of physical therapy and I felt better, but I was so mad at my physical therapist because I was like, 
this is all this is all yeah. and i had doctors <laughs> tell me i needed surgery and to do this and yeah it's like some lady literally told me i had the knees a doctor at i'm gonna shout this one out because yeah. fuck new york the hospital for special surgery which like they have like every athlete in the world has gone there for surgery like um and they told me like she barely looked at me and she was like yeah you have arthritis like this is like immediately just like looked at it and she was like yeah you have the knees of like an old person and <laughs> yeah. didn't even help me and like, i was like yeah this is a fat girl problem yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like quit it <laughs> yeah all right that's, that, that's pretty cool i mean I, I do i will say this really quickly i i feel like uh like getting hit by a car when i was a kid was definitely devastating and pretty traumatic when i was yeah. a kid but i learned so much about how to take care of my body that now in my life like that is probably the information that i use the most yeah yeah so it's like uh like i get where you're i i, I get that like i'm like i'm listening to your story and i'm like cringing a little yeah, bit like it, when i think what my life could have been if I had not learned that information with that injury growing up. Like right. Through it, you know? and, and that's what's frustrating is like, I just kept pushing through and wanting to play sports because I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to hang out. I love playing sports. Like I love, still love watching sports and everything. And I still have this like frustration. Like my mom and I were just like playing like paddle ball on the beach the other day. And she was like, well, like, you know, like a what if. And I was like, honestly, I will start crying if we talk about it because <laughs> it's like, it is a big, yeah. huge like what if. And I did end up learning how to shit talk really well because of it because i had to sit on the bench a lot of time and i just you know like was shit talking and uh, i just told this story recently to a friend but um i ended up <laughs> getting hit by pitch uh more than anybody else in our league because i would run my mouth so much nice yeah nice. awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah. <The> most targeted <laughs> yeah. all right that's uh pretty sick so uh, we'll consider that all uh, a big disappointment. <laughs> Just a big disappointment. <laughs> big disappointment chakra. <laughs> big fat disappointment. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Ansley, keep it moving. All right. We are to the heart chakra. Okay. So, Jamie, what have you learned from grief? Oh, okay. Any kind of grief. Obviously, we like immediately go death grief. Um, I think. I, as you guys, I, I alluded to and, and said a little bit that my mom experienced grief while I was in the womb. Didn't know she was pregnant yet. So death has been very like involved in my origin story, I'll say. Yeah. So I think I luckily learned grief being a part of life from the day I was born. So I, I think that was such an advantage for me knowing that. And grief has always been intertwined in my life. So I didn't feel like it was like a lesson learned. I was something I watched. So I feel like that was actually a huge advantage. I don't think I answered your question, but. Yeah, no. So um, uh, I think what would answer the question is, what is that advantage? Yeah, I, I think it just has always let me live life with a sense of freedom. Like people that don't know about death till later in life. Like, did you have any friends that, I, this may be either of you, I'm not sure. But like their first death was like a grandparent when you're in college. I'm like, ah. like <laughs> I tried not to be crass about it, but I was like, yeah, that's what you're lucky. Cause I would always see it as you're so lucky you had them in your life for so long. Mm -hmm. Cause there was a lot of, and I kind of do a, a joke about this, but when people find out that my dad died before I was born, they're always like, Oh, well you didn't know him. Yeah. Like, it was always like, they get like relieved by it. And I'm like, yeah, but that whole missing piece forever and unanswered questions forever is a little tricky to navigate. Yeah. So I think having, you know, it's not an advantage that that happened, but I learned a lot early and watched how people respond to that early. 
and it wasn't like a traumatic learning experience. Obviously there were things that were traumatic that I didn't see and wasn't necessarily privy to, but I, it's opened me up to a lot more freedom of not fearing death. Obviously I don't want to die, but I don't have that experience where like, it was so devastating when the first person near me died. I was like, that's death. And my stepdad's a doctor. We're always very open that people die. Like it wasn't a secret. America culturally, you know, we push our old people in homes. We don't talk about death. Like, and then we make it this very sudden tragic, except now that we're obsessed with true crime. That's weird. But <laughs> I, I think the advantage was understanding that that's a part of life. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was, I was thinking about while you were saying that, how when you say that your dad died before you were born and people say, well, you didn't know him, it's kind of not even completely correct because you, you do know him as it relates to death, right? Right. You, you, he is your direct association with death. So everything that you've known about your father and everything that you've known about death have been synonymous. They, they yeah. come at the same time. So, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to say this, but I also mean to say this. because so the, the, the Is it about my mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your bitch. <laughs> She's a saint. I, 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 I could see... Um, not having a fear of death for somebody whose association with death is the only thing they know about their father. Right. Does that make any sense? Totally. And, and as I joked about that home video when I was two or something, obviously the understanding of what actually happened doesn't happen but till later. But you know how people look at a baby when they find out that dad died? Like my whole life, mm-hmm. things, my whole, that whole frame of reference and like life I don't remember is people pitying me. Yeah. And something I never want to treat people when they're going through death or anything is happening. You want to support people. And that's just also my story. So whenever people give me this, like, uh, I'm like, everyone goes through different things. And that was my, what happened? Yeah. Uh, so people treat it like it's this kind of delicate situation and they apologize or this. Or that. I'm like, for me, I'm like, it's, I, I get more offended when people don't really ask me about it because I'm like, that's just my life. So it's not anything foreign to me. And I get it's foreign for other people. And I'm, as I've grown up, I've tried to understand that more. And like when I do have friends that sob for days over losing a grandparent, I'm like, can't relate. Like I try to, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I, I'd really try to cherish that you had as much time with that person as you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the people that cry the most uh, didn't cherish the time maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and also two people are trying to when people are looking at an experience of another person's life from their own perspective they can only look at it from who they are now mm. and they can even if they're trying to think of it from when they were kids they're looking at it on the way that they view their own childhood as an adult right yeah and so when they look back on something like that like from their perspective as an adult trying to think back to when they were a kid it's, it's completely so it's so destabilizing for, for their perspective that they can't imagine it being anything other than traumatic. I get a lot of, I can't imagine, like, about your mother. Yeah. And I've gotten that uh, sometimes, like I said, being nanny, I was around a lot of parents and things like that, and I would hear, like, parents complain about their partner being at work, like, I can't imagine doing this alone. Like, I can't imagine. And I'm like, not to be like, I could, or, like, people do it, or, like, to be like, there are other situations, I not for better or for worse, but I think people don't realize when they say things like that, like everyone's story is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, you might not want it to happen that way, but it is just what happened to me. Yeah. yeah. When Do you remember like the first time, or like maybe it wasn't like a moment, maybe it was mm-hmm. like, like you said, you were growing up with it though, but like 
like the conversations you had with your mom like to really like maybe the first time you understood what your mom went through yeah that's a great question. Uh, I don't think I'll ever understand it. Yeah. Just recently. I can't imagine. I, I cannot <laughs> imagine what this bitch went through. <laughs> uh, I truly, uh, honestly, probably when I was 18, like getting into college because I, I have a whole, my dad was married previously, so I have siblings I've never met. There's like a whole oh, thing. Oh, okay. So I just learned more. My mom was very gracious and never really spoke badly on anyone or she just wanted me to develop my own like feelings for this family and like figure it out basically on my own. But I just kind of heard more and more as I got older. And then when I think about, you know, as a nanny, I'm like looking at these women be pregnant and going through these situations and like just thinking about this, my mom, my dad passed away at home, like unexpectedly had a heart attack. So my mom, woke up in a house with a two-year-old not knowing she was pregnant yet yeah and i have like i truly can't imagine i know yeah. i get it i hear yeah. it but even when i think about it and know it and know her yeah that's why i always want to apologize to her because i'm like she's truly been through hell and back she could have yeah. given up a million f- different ways yeah uh she didn't she raised a rock star kid and <laughs> my and sisters then, and are and all right well. yeah yeah <laughs> true, true, true. true 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 yeah yeah uh thank you for sharing all of that yeah. yeah yeah really appreciate that that is a heart chakra unlocked mm-hmm. uh yes. ace keep it moving all right so jamie we're to the throat chakra so what is a favorite lie you have told or tell you get extra karmic points if it's still in rotation good to see you <laughs> <laughs> i uh, am notorious for being good at uh small talk yeah. people have seen it people see me do it even at the comedy shows and it's not that I, I don't care for people i am good at remembering something about someone saying hey how are you? How's this going? Great to see you. And pulling back. Mm. So a lot of people think we're either closer friends than we are, or that they know me pretty well. But I don't really, like, you guys just heard a lot about me, but I wouldn't say you know. It's still technically, again, to me, surface level. Yeah. So I, I often, and it's not bad to see the person, but it's just a formality, a phrase that I say. If I'm... I, I'm a really bad liar, but that is one thing I definitely... Wait, your hello is a lie? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Your version of hello Mm -hmm. is a lie. Uh, (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. Are you hearing that? Yeah. Yeah. It is not good to see you. It is not good to see you. Yeah, great to see you. (laughs) No, I probably just said, hey. (laughs) I think it's, uh, I I like making people feel good. And it's not, you know, it's not a hardened lie. It's just something I... I just say, <laughs> and I don't always necessarily mean good to see you. I didn't wake up that morning thinking I was going to see that person. So it doesn't inherently mean it's good to see them. It doesn't mean it's bad to see them. I just think it's just what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're a person that is a good hang, yeah, like all of your hellos can't be the truth. Yeah. 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 You know what Someone I mean? recently told me that they saw me and this is bad. I, um, a very expressive face and they saw me say hello to someone at helium and turn around and they were laughing and the this person that told me this i was like why are you laughing they're like your face dropped so quickly as soon as you walked out of that conversation like it was just night and day he's like i don't think you're fake i think you just want to make people feel open and good but it was so funny to see it quickly switch can't help but wonder if that was me yeah probably (laughs) it's not all about you you don't know that (laughs) you don't know that (laughs) could have been anybody honestly sometimes uh 
I, I like making people feel good. Like saying hi, especially like, I work from home all day. Like I, this is the longest I've been with a human. <laughs> well, I saw my trainer today, but shout oh. out to her. She's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to her for a half hour, but this is like my human interaction for the day. So I feel honored. Yeah. 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 Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I know. I don't mean to flip your world upside down, yeah. but I, I truly, I can't lie. I'm a bad liar. So I do genuinely. Oh, I don't believe that. Nobody that's a good hang is a bad liar. I, I, that, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. There's, there's, there's two. So here, here's why a lot of people that think they're good liars are not, mm-hmm. right? You have people that think they're good liars. And what they do is they just wear people down to the point that people don't even want to ask questions anymore. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. And then you have people that get off on the fact that their lies are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very different type of liar. Like, with that liar, they don't get follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because they're actually a good liar. Mm-hmm. So. No, I, I genuinely, like, if you ask me any question, I, for whatever reason, just will tell you everything. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're a... You're not, it's not that you're a bad liar, but you're better at telling the truth. I just rather would. And I think it goes back to like, life is short. I'm like, what am I, it takes so much energy to lie and it remembering does. that stuff. I'm yeah. like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to hurt anybody. Like I'll keep stuff to myself. It maybe would hurt someone, but. Yeah. It's a lie by admission. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Still a lie. Still a lie. No big deal. I'm like, I'm like, part of me wants to like prove it, but I'm like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. I do like all my jokes are like very open eyes and. I just keep it like straight, you know. Right. Throat chakra unlocked. Yep. Good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> that ain't true. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ace, keep it moving. All right, we are to the third eye now, so we're out of the physical into the metaphysical. Okay. So, Jamie, what is something you've always thought of as separate, but as you've gotten older, you've learned it's really the same? Hmm. Uh, this is uh, maybe a, a little more of a concept than something tangible. And I just think the world is so small. Like every every problem can be relative, but I just feel like there's a finite amount of like issue categories that we all go through. And though we're like fighting about different things and all across the board think you're so different from another person, we just keep things private and I feel like I like being open and honest with people because you realize how much you can relate to someone you might not think you would have related to. Yeah. Okay. So you're like, uh, like with you when you're telling people your situation, they're like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine. Like, no, 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 no. It's just classic losing a parent as a kid. It's just classic heart attack. <laughs> happens to everyone. Yeah, classic yeah. dead dad. Yeah, that's, yeah. But classic, think about growing up when I grew up. I was born in 92. Mm-hmm. Every show and every Disney movie, there's one parent. I was like, whatever, I'm a Disney princess. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everyone's dead. Yeah. Full house. Bob Sag was by himself. My sister and I, she would hate that I was telling anybody this, but she's never going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> there was always like a violin that would start playing in full house and they would always start a sentence with ever since Pam died. So we would always do that bit with each other or in finding Nemo. He's like, I never knew my father. Like one of the sharks <laughs> says that I send that to my mom every father's day. <laughs> Sorry again. <laughs> I never noticed that in full house. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, and it's like, Every show, you know, there was like uh, a yeah. missing parent. Like it was, it was like novelty. That, right? It was yeah. like three minutes. Let's kill baby. these people yeah, off. It was yeah, like always a missing. It was like always the mom. I was like, please find yeah. me a single dad in the nineties. <laughs> that is wild. Like you, you're seeing dead dad stuff everywhere. 
Yeah. Growing up. The, there was one that really hit me. It was Rugrats in Paris. Chucky's mom is dead in the Rugrats. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was at the movie theater with a friend watching it. And I will always remember this. And they're on the airplane. And Chucky's like, everyone's sitting on their mom's lap and like looking. And Chucky's like, yeah. without a mom. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah. Tough. Lion King. Yeah. Yes. Dead. And then uh, that's when it kind of occurred to me. I was like, oh, like I think I was probably seven when I thought do my friend's parents pity us like and I wouldn't have the language for that but it's definitely a thought yeah do you have any dead dad deep cuts like like is the Michelin man did his dad die when he was a kid like stuff like that do you have anything that um, I think the Rugrats in Paris is like the most embarrassing. I don't even know why I said that out loud just yeah. now. <laughs> it was just like, uh, well, I guess what I'm asking, do you have anything like, well, you probably wouldn't know, but this, this person's dead, you know? like. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything like that. Nothing's coming to mind because it felt so prevalent before. Mm-hmm. Like there are, I think it's like written, like there's only two Disney movies where their characters have both their parents. Um, what two of those? Sleeping Beauty and 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah, because the dogs. Yeah, the dogs are both yeah. alive. They didn't kill a dog, but they'll yeah. kill a human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Sleeping Beauty, her parents just like drop her off in the woods or whatever the story is. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. She's, like, yeah. she's like with the fairies, like, yeah. but they still were alive somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, she had no parents. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, honestly, when we're talking about representation, I was well represented. Yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> they, they were like one parent. That's the dream. That's yeah. the household. <laughs> yeah. That's but you make, yeah. Yeah, but I also very much like your answer to this question, which is that all the, all problems are kind of the same. There's like you know like a very limited amount of problem categories, but everybody wants to believe that their problems are so big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and you, dude, this is classic. Can't get laid. Calm down. You'll <laughs> yeah. Be okay. Well, yeah. and I think I learned that from nannying too, because I was with people that have like a lot of money at times and things, and then I would hear like calls they would have with family or arguments they have with family, and I was like, ha. Ah. One of us. And not that I didn't grow up comfortably or anything, but like everyone's got a wacky like uncle. Like everyone has like, it's just things like that just fall in the same category of like frustrations and things. Like if we just generalize the categories a little more, everything, we can all relate a little bit more. Obviously there's relative, but. Were there vacations where you like, like when you went on them, you're like, oh, well this is like, okay, maybe the hotel's a little bit nicer, but this is like everybody's vacation. Or were you like, wow, these people travel different. Travel different, mm. yeah. it, it, but that's just a, like I wouldn't well, nanny for. Traveling with a nanny, Anthony. I know. <laughs> I can't imagine, <laughs> Sydney. I just can't imagine. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely different, but you still see the same stuff. Like, yeah. you know, husband forgot to book the dinner, like this, that, like stuff, like yeah, you know, the rental car didn't have enough car seats, like stuff, like there's there's yeah. always something, even if you're on a remote lake that you took a private plane to. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty third eye chakra unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sick. And I wouldn't even ask you, do you have time to stick around for the Patreon? Um, here. Okay. <laughs> Showed up early, staying late. <laughs> think I'm sleeping over. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. So, uh, Angela, let's keep this moving, first of all. All right. We are to the crown chakra. Okay. So it's a two-part one. So, Jamie, what is one thing you can't give up and why, and what would giving it up mean? And this can be physical thing anything i can't give yeah, up anything anything um one thing i couldn't give up i i truly i know i talked about this a little and this is gonna sound silly i did talk about my family a lot and obviously i wouldn't give up family time but the first thing that came to mind was watching sports uh it's truly just something and it 
coincides with my family time, but truly something that I don't think I could give up. It like brings my friends, family together. It's something I do by myself. Like I just truly love having a sport to watch and like something bigger than myself to root for. Mm-hmm. And something to turn my brain off sometimes and just watch a bunch of grown men and women do their thing. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't, what would, if you had to stop watching sports, what do you think would occupy that time? Puzzles. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, well, during the pandemic, there was like a pause in a lot of sports. Oh, yeah. So I do puzzles normally. That was half a joke. Yeah. Um, what occupied that time was writing and spending time with the people that I could safely spend time with at that time. But, you know, just hanging out with them. It was a, a bit of a shock. Not the thought of like, oh, I might not be able to watch baseball this year was like a crazy thought and having a loss of like the NBA bubble and things like that. So it was a thought for a second. I was like, wow, what if I didn't have sports for a year? It came like a what if. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have other hobbies and I'm okay doing other things, but that is one central grounding element to my life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a crown chakra unlocked. You just became enlightened. Jamie, how do you feel? Um, you know, good to be here. Good to see you both. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you for your patience in dealing with those technical difficulties. You were, you were, uh, yeah, a world champion hang. Yeah, I was just <laughs> hanging out. I didn't yeah. have anything. It takes a lot to make me mad. I think we'll find. It. <laughs> we'll find Keep looking. That's we for also, the Patreon. She also didn't cry. Not at all. So I'm very proud of myself. I cried listening to Shailen's episode. I will oh, say okay. that right we'll now. Take that. Yeah. We'll take that as and a I name. texted her, let her know, and she was like, "Why?" <laughs> 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 okay, so we're going to jump into the Patreon. One dollar gets you all of our exclusive content, which not only includes the counter to this podcast, which we call Two Jack Bros After Dark, but it also includes all of our fight commentary and analysis that we do at Answer Just Imagine, which we are so behind on. So behind. World champion. How do we not have that one done? Because she's a world champion. <laughs> she's got things going on. Yeah. Okay. We see what she thinks being a world champion means. <laughs> <laughs> Busy time. <Yeah. laughs> Excuses. And also check out Jamie's show, which is called This Should Be Good Comedy. October 12th, uh, where is it going to be? Yeah, that one's at a brewery in South Philly. And I guess follow me on Instagram, which you can find through This Should Be Good. Can I keep going with my plugs? Yeah. Also, when you go on my Instagram, actually follow me on Twitter, Jamie Amalia. And then you can find my OnlyFans from there. <laughs> okay. Do it. Check out Jamie's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Sorry, Mom, again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> She knows. We're cool. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. cool. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys, and we are out. See ya. Two Jack Rose. Two Jack Rose.